the 10th episode of the Daily Attorney. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the 10th episode of the Daily Attorney podcast, where we talk to women attorneys all over the United States who are just simply amazing at what they do inside and outside of the legal profession. Our guest today is the founder of the Ivy Law Law Office, attorney Jumoke Oladapo. Her law office focuses on immigration law and trust in the states. Ms. Oladapa holds, holds a master's of law from my alma mater, the University of Baltimore School of Law, and is also licensed to practice in Maryland and New York. And everyone knows New York is my home state. So we'll talk about that. Um, she has been named as one of the top 10 immigration lawyers in Maryland. Awesome. She has been nominated as one of the top 10 family law attorneys in Maryland. And she is licensed, she is a licensed personal family lawyer. I had no idea there was even a license for that. So we definitely have to talk about that. Um, she is a member of the Maryland State Bar Association, American Immigration Law Association, and the Prince George's County Association. She is a happily married mom of three girls and a kick-ass entrepreneur. Jumoke, welcome to the Daily Attorney Podcast. If you're like me, I am 100% you know, certain that your schedule is full to the brim. So thank you so much for being here with us today. <laughs> You're welcome. Good to you. So that was a lot, um, you know, in the intro. And I, I always love doing the intros but because I feel like, you know, it really talks about just the different aspects of a person that ultimately our clients just don't get to see, you know, all the time. Um, so let's start out with just, you know, why did you decide to go to law school? Like what, what was you know, what attracted you to being an attorney, especially an immigration attorney? Because we, I, I always wanted to be an immigration attorney, but I was like, no, this is too much. And so, you know, I leave it for you and, and, and other people who dare to do it. So why law school? Oh, well, um, one of the, well, a decision that you have to make after you leave high school is to go to the university. I schooled um, originally, I did high school in Nigeria. So I had to make a choice what I wanted to do. Um, unfortunately for me, my first choice of um, career wasn't what I was admitted to. So I was admitted into the faculty of law um, and I was able to go to the, through the law school in Nigeria. So when I made a decision to read law, it was some dream that one day I'll be able to help the legal system. And um, I know that a lot, it's all the way complex um, as it is in the United States, so it was in Nigeria then. So I knew that I had something to contribute to the legal system of Nigeria then. That was why I decided to go to law school. I'll be able to help a lot of people with their legal needs. Um, and maybe one day be a senator. That was my childhood <laughs> dream. <laughs> well, let's, let's put I, that out there. You never know. You never know. I, yeah, you never know. So I moved to the United States, and um, you know, I had a choice of different careers to go in, but law is in born in me. I'll say I decided not to go through any other part, but, you know, just study to take the bar exam and um, pass the bar exam through um, the New York State Bar. Um, that was a hurdle for me, 
So I decided to go through the school system in the United States and went to the University of Baltimore to become um, to have my LLM. And fortunately, with the LLM, I passed the New York bar and started out um, in the practice of law. It was at a time when um, there was recession around 2009. Um, so why did I become an immigration lawyer? That's an important question. I'm an immigrant. I went through the immigration law system in the United States and successfully so. And I saw that there was so much need in the community um, of people that don't know what to do or how to navigate the system to get the legal starters. And um, where, because I did mine and it was successful, I saw that I called up a lot of other people too as an immigration attorney. So the passion is just there and has not diminished in any way. And I'm thankful that I've been able to help thousands of people through the immigration system. Isn't that amazing? It's such an amazing thing. And I love that, you know, you bring this up. Um, so it's funny, I always have like a set of questions that I like to ask, um, but depending on the intro, you know, like yours, um, we completely derail. And in your case, we're, we're just, we're far off, right? Okay. And I'm, I, I wanna talk about the things that you mentioned. Number one, you're an, I'm an immigrant also. I was born in Haiti and I came here when I was two years. I, I came to um, the US when I was two. Um, grew up in, you know, Brooklyn, New York. I actually found out I was a citizen in law school. Wow. In law school. I was in my 30s. <laughs> um, and this was, I think, like 2012 or 13. And um, we had, and I'm sure you know him, uh, Judge Gosser. And isn't he such a kind, he's such a kind guy. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we found, I found out and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. So I don't have the experience that you have. You know, even though I'm an immigrant, I don't have it because I went through naturalization due to the previous law because my parent, you know, my mom was, was a citizen prior to me being 16. Mm -hmm. So it was automatic for me, you know, but I also recognize that there's not too many people that have my story. So I think it's quite amazing, you know, that you, you saw that and you said, you know what? I need to help a community that actually needs me, you know, that needs that direction and so forth and so on. So I think that that's, that's very inspiring. Um, number two, um, coming from Nigeria, I don't have, um, you know, any knowledge of, of Haiti because I was so small, but I, I, I'm sure, you know, yours is, is a little different. So can you kind of give us a sneak peek at the difference of the legal system that, that you may have seen in Nigeria versus what you see here now? Nigeria is um, a little of a common law system, you know, so we learn the British law, the common law. And um, so it's, it's similar to what runs in the British. Then we have the statutory laws um, in Nigeria, the Nigerian legal system, and we, we thought on that. So 
most of the courts um, are based on the Nigerian legal system, the Nigerian laws, and you have to learn the same way you learn constitution, no law here, constitution law, and you learn all those cases. That's what you do. And the precedents and the, you know, all the laws are based on what comes up. There's a Nigerian constitution as well. So because of the difference, um, U.S. is based on U.S. laws. Nigeria is based on Nigerian law. Then you, they teach us a lot of British cases in the school. Um, I first thought it was similar, but then no, constitutional law was an issue at law school because it wasn't really similar. You have to know the law based on the case laws. Right. So that's the difference. So yeah. one really needs to know what the law is, particularly um, on a lot of cases, but when it comes to things like estate planning, I think they just use the the books, <laughs> the British books, but yeah, else. yeah. and that gives them a, a basis, a background. Okay, okay, that's that's quite amazing. You know, I I went through the LLM program, but I went through the taxation program, not your LLM program. And I remember, um, you know, meeting amazing people, um, you know, whether from Nigeria or other parts of the world um, that went through the program. And I was always a little, I don't want to say envious, but just in awe that, you know, you could study, you know, foreign laws and everything, you know, across the pond and you come here and, you know, you kick butt here. I remember I couldn't even make it through one month of international law with, you know, Nianki Grossman. I couldn't do it. As soon as I took that class, I was like, I'm out. <laughs> I said, this is a little too difficult for my brain to, to comprehend. So I think, you know, someone who can come from overseas, be an attorney overseas and come over here and do the same thing. I think it's just, it's an amazing, amazing um, feat. So my, I guess my next question to you is, you know, why did you decide to um, open your own law firm versus you know, going through maybe the associate route or, or any anything other than just having your own business. Okay. So um, as a growing attorney in Nigeria, I always had this in mind that I was going to work for a certain number of years then become an entrepreneur, start my own law practice. And I had the opportunity to walk through um, been a lawyer in Nigeria before I moved to the United States, then went back to school. So when um, I came to the United States, I had an opportunity to work not with a law firm, but to go back to law school. And by the time I graduated from law school, there was no job out there. You know, it was during the recession, there were laying off people, not hiring people. And I was in this also labor market for about a year. You know, but in the meantime, I got like small assignments from people that I helped with their um, immigration needs um, that I did about that time. Then one day the light just lit in my head. I'm like, you know, nobody is hiring now. I don't know when this is going to be over. I got an opportunity, however, to intern with the Howard County um, Circuit Court. So um, I, I got some experience during that period of time. So when I finished my internship at the circuit court, I was, you know, is either you just stay back and keep waiting for someone to hire you yeah. or you mature enough to 
start working by yourself. And since it was my original dream to have my own business someday, I felt it was an opportunity for me to start one then. So I, I that was the, the, you know, I just started at that point, you know, went and um, took the bull by the horn and um, looked out for mentors, those who've been in the business, um, had their own attorneys. Then I went to, um, there was the CLE done by MSBA mm -hmm. about un hanging out your shingles. Yeah. I books, you know, some it's, I still have that book, Solo by Choice, <laughs> you know. I have that one too. It's, it's one of the books. Um, get God's um, two or three attorneys that are doing what, what I want to do to mentor me. And that was how I started small. But, yeah, um, the um, the MSBA uh, shingle program, I went through, I did that CLE too, um, and I met, I don't remember um, her name, but she was actually on the, the um, American Immigration Law, that they call it ILA. Um, she was, yeah, she did the, the small business slash mentoring. I don't remember, but she ended up leaving, um, the, she ended up leaving MSBA to go to Isla. Okay. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, we talked about it and we talked about the possibility of me, uh, doing immigration law and, you know, for, for the same reasons that you did it, I, I really wanted to do it because I'm from a small, um, I don't want to say small, but it's not small. It's a huge Haitian community in Brooklyn, New York. Um, and I always, you know, wanted to help my people. Um, but ultimately, when I got here in Maryland, I decided, you know what, I'm just going to stay here. I, I like Maryland better. <laughs> <laughs> I like Maryland better. Um, but, you know, it's tough, um, you know, kind of hanging your own shingle, doing all that, you know, very, very scary work, right, at first. Mm -hmm. Did you, you know, experience any hurdles or anything that, you know, you ultimately had to work through, especially being a mom of three girls, not one, not two, but three girls, yeah. <laughs> you know, and like, how did you navigate all that? Yeah, it, it's a lot um, starting out one's own law practice because mm -hmm. it's not like someone is there to, you know, tell you how to market and get your own business if you don't have that experience before. So that was yeah. some some real amount in the hat to surmount. How do I get my first set of clients? How do I um, keep the businesses rolling in and all that? So that was, an e that was a big um, huddle that I had to surmount. But I, I treasure the fact that um, I had the time and flexibility to be able to take care of my children because then they were very young. Um, so my the business walked around my schedule. Ah. So I will be there to pick them up from school or pick them up from aftercare mm -hmm. and um, attend the school events. And I called... Um, schedule an appointment to when I'm available mm -hmm. for the client. So, because I, it was solo, I was the only one. Um, so every other thing revolves around my primary um, 
goal to take care of my family. I I completely understand. Um, now, you know, you said that there's no one there to tell you, um, you know, about marketing. I completely agree. Um, I feel like, you know, marketing, especially as an attorney, um, it's just so many things you can do. And it's a very daunting task. Um, but I think you've done a really, really great, um, you know, job. Like you have five stars on Google, but 71 five-star reviews. Like, oh, come yeah. on, come on, Jamoke. You can't, <laughs> you need to start making stickers that says 71. <laughs> Because that, that's amazing. Yeah. You know, it's Absolutely. it's very, it's funny because, you know, um, my producer and I, we both do, you know, research on the attorneys that we speak with. And, you know, I always go and I look and I look at what clients say, you know, and it's just amazing there. So one person said, glory be to God. <laughs> I said, oh, I was like, she really, really does care about her clients. And it's very evident you know, through, um, through the, through the reviews. So definitely, you know, much respect, um, you know, to you for that. Um, what make, what would you say, like, you know, ultimately makes your law firm, um, just different. I, I can tell what makes your law firm different because I read those reviews, but you know, for people who don't know, like, what would you say, um, is what ultimately makes your law firm different? So, um, we try to run a relationship-based law firm. So it's not about a case in the office, in Ivy Law Office, it's not about a case. It's about the life of a client that comes in for help. So if we see each matter as this is about this person's life, we will help them with the whole of our heart. You know, that's it. And we treat them as people. We don't treat them as cases or files. So we, we try to understand each of their needs. You know, we make it as much as it's a growing firm, we make it personal. We want to understand them, understand their needs and meet that need. And um, we put in our best, you know, with each of our cases. The goal is we want to be result oriented, you know? So if you come to our office, our goal is to get you a successful outcome. Um, and by God's grace, we've done that successfully with a whole lot of our clients. And also we keep in touch with them from time to time, you know, so that we truly care about them. That's what I'll say. We truly care about them because we want to see this. This is a relationship-based law firm. And um, so I'll say that one of the things that make us different, um, but of course, um, the testimonies or the testimonials speak. Mm -hmm. These are true stories. They are not made up stories. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm thankful for each life that we've touched and made a difference in their life. As an immigration law attorney, our goal is to be able to help our clients and their families obtain legal status in the United States yeah. so that they can achieve their American dream, you know, and become very successful members of the society. So if 
if we can take them out of no starters to become green card holders or citizens, it's so much, you know, there's a lot they can do with that rather than walking under the table. You know? it, it is a lot more that they can um, they can do with that, you know, and it's a, you know, what I've seen is it's a symbol of importance for them because it resembles hope, yeah. um, you know, and they're not hiding from anyone, you know, um, I'm, I'm pro-immigrant, I'm probably the most liberal <laughs> pro-immigrant person you will meet, I'm very biased, um, I believe in giving everyone a chance to be great whether no matter the color of your skin, where you come from, what language you speak. So um, I always love talking with immigration attorneys because I, I feel like, you know, you have that same air about you, you know, um, especially immigration attorneys who were once, um, at, who are immigrants. You know, I think it's, it's very important. Um, what, you know, what impact when you, you know, um, when a client comes to you and they're saying, hey, here's my story, what impact do you hope to kind of have on that person's life? And, and what impact do you seek to have in, in your community or just on your family in general? Because, you know, you do great work. So clearly there has to be, you know, that impactful goal that you have in those areas. Um, if I understand your question correctly, one of it is we achieve family unity. Mm. You know, we, family is key. And a lot of people either want to unite with their spouses or unite with their children. Or if, if they're already united, they don't want to be um, deported and have to leave their families. Um, so that's one important thing we achieve family unity. And also, um, with respect to our estate planning practice, the impact is at the end of the day, for the for most of our clients, we want them not to have to have to go through the probate system to have their estate properly done in such a way that the save on estate taxes, the save on the hassles of going through um, the probate system, by proper estate planning. So we save them some headache, you know, <laughs> by doing things right and um, for their loved ones. So those are the impacts. They may not know it now, but they'll appreciate it later because it, they've done things the right way. I can, uh, I can definitely agree as a probate attorney myself, there's a lot of estates that come in, you're like, this could have been avoided, you know? Yeah. Um, but one thing that, you know, I see, and, and please chime in and let me know if it's incorrect, um, especially when it comes to, you know, the whole estate planning aspect, I think there's a huge lack of education there. You know, people are not aware. I have people come, oh, I don't have anything. I'm like, do you have a car? Do you have a house? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, those are things. <laughs> you need to plan for them. Um you know, and most people are not necessarily, um, you know, thinking about that. They're just, they're do, just doing their best. So it's great to have, you know, an estate planning attorney. Um, do you hold any, um, you know, like webinars or any symposium, anything um, to educate people on either the immigration process or, 
estates and the trust and estates process? Yes, um, that's part of what we do. Actually, um, our practice is also educational based, um, particularly for estate planning um, clients, because we want them to be able to make informed decisions. So one of the platforms is to, you know, we hold speaking engagements and we do um, webinars as well to educate our clients and we have a system and a model so that our clients understand what the one do before the start or engage yeah. our services yeah um you know clients love they don't love just information right they want to know that we know how to handle their specific situation um so i think you know webinars and any kind of class um, has been very impactful and helpful, especially on the virtual platform. Like, do you host like in person or do you do like just virtual? Um, before the pandemic, we, we did in person um, seminars. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but um, since 2020, it's been virtual yeah. um, and live webinars as well. Okay. Yeah. Um, do you have like a personal preference? Do you prefer to just be in front of people? Oh, really? <laughs> it's a time commitment. So um, I think I like, well, I've done more of the webinars right now than I did the in-person. Exactly. Yeah. It's, I think it's easier because you don't have to factor in, you know, travel time. You don't have to print anything out and do everything, you know, um, digitally. And, you know, you can have one screen here or, or, you know, split the screen. Materials here, people here, or vice versa. Yeah. And you can get it done, you know. Um, and there's, you know, no cost element to it, right? Because before, if you're doing in person, you have to rent a space and do all that. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so before we close, let me ask you this. What do you, and I know we, we touched on a lot of really amazing things, so thank you for that. What do you love most um, about, you know, your career and what you do and how you do it, the people that, you know, you impact, you work with? So I really appreciate it and I'm so thankful when we get a successful outcome. So let's say an approval of someone's case, um, someone to help, and we we have a success story out of that. It's it's what gives me joy and what makes me do what I do and continue to do what I do every day. Seeing the impact and the results of what we do on people's life. So um, and that keeps me going, helping one person win in life, one one person at a time. Yeah. So that's it. That's it yeah. for me. It is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Um, so Jamoke, thank you. Thank you so much. And um, I appreciate it. You know, what I got from you is you love what you do, um, but ultimately you're results oriented, people and results oriented. So um, I love that. Um, how can your clients best connect with you? if they if they want to seek your services well um you can connect with us by phone 301-276-0887 also you can visit our website ivy law law office it's www.ivylawoffice.com 
We are also on Facebook at Ivy Law Office. We are on LinkedIn, Instagram, yes. Twitter. <laughs> you know, so you can connect with us all the way um, through all those platforms. But more importantly, give us a call. We'd we'll love to speak with you. Same here. Um, you can find us, uh, Saini Law Firm, at uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, uh, even TikTok. Do you have a TikTok yet? No, not yet, but I'm fascinated by it and how it's going to work, you know, oh, the law practices. It is a insanely hilarious, time-consuming platform um, that you just you don't want to get caught up in before you know it <laughs> your day is just gone because <laughs> you're just sliding through videos the one amazing amazing thing that i absolutely love about twitter is you do get to see the great work that other attorneys are doing um you get to see their personality you get to see us outside of being an attorney you know mm -hmm. um in some cases, it's just, it's it's an amazing platform, but just be careful because you will get lost. Um, I personally do not have social media on my phone anymore. I have proven to not be trustworthy with my time and social media, <laughs> so it is gone. Um, I only, you know, check in on the law firm stuff and keep it moving. Um, but Jumoke, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being here with us today. It has been a pleasure. I love doing this and thank you for being my 10th guest on the show. Um, you know, kind of started it, um, just wanted to put myself out there, but most importantly, wanting to highlight attorneys such as yourself from very, very colorful backgrounds. Um, and I love it. And I love that, you know, your, your clients are commenting and everyone is cheering you on and I just absolutely love it. So thank you for being here with us. Um, everyone, thank you for tuning in. We've had a pretty big audience today, which is exciting. That's and um, my name is Marie Eve, Nadine Jean Baptiste. I am the owner and CEO of the Saini Law Firm located here in Towson. Thank you so much, Jumoke, for being with us. Have a great thank day. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure.